Good morning, campers. Good morning. Do you have your volume turned up loud when it's on your screen so that when it starts, it suddenly goes boom? Good morning. I hope you're well. Welcome, um, coffee moaners. Uh, if you're listening on podcast, welcome. Drive carefully, travel carefully. Look at the person next to you on the tube and go. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Morning, everybody. I hope you're all well. I hope you had a good weekend. Um, I feel like we're just coming out of the foothills of various levels of illness and all sorts of things. Um, morning, Kerry Biggs from Texas. Hello, Texas. To those of you listening, when I call out names, it's the live stream live feed on our YouTube uh, live. Hi, Zoe. Hi, Elaine. Um, hi, Teresa Hutchinson. Ublu, bank holiday. So I'm good. Good morning. Um, Fifi Cromack just made me jump. Me. Um, I'd like to just quickly say to Lee's mum, Susan, Lee Durrant's mum, Susan, happy, happy birthday for the weekend. I hope you had a nice one. I hope your lovely son and your other lovely children all made a, an absolute uh, fuss of you. Claire LC, it's your 60th birthday too, Claire LC. Happy, happy birthday to you too. Um, morning, Michelle Stagg. I hope you're well. Um, Nads is obviously on her way back from her girly weekend of fun. Uh, as I understand it, I think she was doing yoga about 10 minutes ago. Um, so uh, so you should have uh, Her Highness will be back with you tomorrow morning. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so a happy birthday, Claire. Happy birthday, as I say, to Susan. Uh, no worries, Lee. I hope you're well, mate. Um, good morning, good morning, good morning. And uh, yeah, mate, Tez, hello in Chicago. Um, how are you feeling? Big question, Hayley Marie, for this time of the morning, I think. Big question. I'll tell you how I'm, I'm feeling a little bit later. Um, Teresa Hutchinson, I'm grateful for this trip to Japan after waiting all through COVID to go. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, Zoe, uh, uh, Nadia looking like she's she's having a ball. She's absolutely having a ball. It's so nice to see her chilling, relaxing, hurling herself around, eating fabulous food and jumping in pools. She loves water. She just loves water. I made Thai green curry last night. I'll have you know, Michelle Stagg. Oh, yeah. And the girl said it was pretty damn fine. Um, I'm probably going to do some uh, mama's spaghetti or something like that tonight. Um, I've got a Zoom at seven, so it'll have to be earlier. Um, so morning, Mark. Christine Saunderson says, Vlogmas in less than what? Two months. Jesus Christ, please don't say that. I've got an enormous film to shoot before then. <laughs> uh, what do you mean in two months? In two months, is it really? Good God. T-Day, I tried to make a home remedy and I think it's come alive. Honey, garlic, afraid to enter the kitchen. Yeah, there are some things that we leave lying around that suddenly grow legs and sprout hair and walk around. And that's just Nadia. Um, Morning, Ruth Blandford. Okay, so let's have a looky at the newsy woozy 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 today. Well, let's just show this because this everyone's banging on about this, aren't they? This is the this Oxford. Oh my God! Lightning just struck a massive fireball. Oh my God! That is flipping massive. You would be forgiven for thinking an alien invasion had happened. Morning, Tim. The heavens were opening and what God even was is that? Trying to send a message. This is the, the uh, suggestion that um, uh, believed oh uh, lightning strikes. It's a recycling plant, um, a tank at the Severn Trent Green power site, struck by lightning, causing the gases to ignite and explode. It's all under control. Wow, eh? I mean, if you saw something like that, 
driving along. Uh, they're here, Edward Bevington. Yeah, sometimes the first thing you think is, yeah, they're making it up, lightning. The sky was clear blue, but maybe it was just that kind of electric lightning. They say it was a lightning strike. Oh, that's such a nice decaf. Yeah, quite something, isn't it? Um, uh, so, yeah, there's that. We've also got, um, it's the Conservative Party Conference. How boring is that? I was just listening to, um, on the radio, uh, just, just come back in, um, and uh, they were, they were, so the journalist was having a wander around the uh, merch store, merchandise store at Conservative Party uh, Conference in Manchester. They sell Toby mugs. Toby mugs. Toby mugs. Toby mugs. And anyway, the most popular Toby mug is Margaret Thatcher. They have jumpers that have Margaret Thatcher's refrain. No, no, no. Oh, yawn, yawn, yawn. That's what they should have. Uh, but interestingly, Toby mugs. What a fucking old... I mean, we're, I suppose maybe the origin of a Toby mug isn't, isn't sort of Tarquin in a Range Rover bouncing around the moors with his shotgun on his lap <laughs> and, a, and a pair of chaps on and <laughs> kept my spurs out, <laughs> kept my wellies on, where's my barber? <laughs> oh God, where'd I put my glove, darling? Oh, I flipped. must have left it on the dash, wow, I left it on the top, maybe landed on the stag. <laughs> What's the white stag late? Sorry, don't know what's happened to me. Um, Toby mugs, but maybe Toby mugs are an origina originated in a pub. Toby mug is a sort of fat mug with a sort of fat landed gentry sort of person. I think, I think. Um, so anyway, yeah. What a blast, eh? Let's go to the, let's go to the, I reckon there's swingers parties happening everywhere. The, this idea that the Tory party are the sort of, you know, the, what are they? The anti-woke party of moral certitude. What an absolute load of nonsense that is. What a joke, eh? Anyway, Rishi's not letting anyone look at his WhatsApp threads. So the COVID inquiry can't look at his phone because he says he's changed phones. Really? Chancellor has changed phones, can't access WhatsApp messages. Really? Even Toffee and Chi Chi can access their, yes, you can, can access their WhatsApp messages. What? Rishi, really? I remember Toby Muggs as James McBeer. Uh, Lee Durrant, Conservative Party as boring as Tottenham. Are you having an absolute... You've literally, literally ensured yourself an end-of-the-week detention. Two hours. Lightning Tottenham to the Tories. You West Ham. You're just forever blowing bubbles. Um... Yeah, anyway, it's the it's the Tory Party Conference. What a load of old nonsense. I just want to see more footage of them all dancing badly. Apparently, we're in the curious situation where Liz Truss is more popular now than Rishi Sunak. More people are turning up for her kind of... Uh, she, 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 every, apparently, she's setting up an illegal rave tonight. She's getting all trussed up. Rishi can't get a look in. Rishi can't even reach the decks. He dropped his phone off a ferry. Yeah, I think you're right, Concrete Jungle. Uh, what else have they done? Oh, they've announced Gillian Keegan. I don't know. What do you think of Gillian Keegan, the Education Secretary? What do you think of her? I don't know. There's something about her that's kind of... I don't know. She's sort of... I don't know. There's something where she, she doesn't seem to mind... She seems to speak a little bit more authentically than the others. Or am I just, am I just seeking humanity in a Conservative Party member? I don't know. 
She's the, she's the education secretary. Hannah Leap shoots absolutely the Partygate drama. Um, does it start tonight? I think so. Is it tonight? Um, yeah, well, she's the education secretary. There you go. Um, she She's the one who said, does, does no one ever get fucking praised for doing well? And she, anyway, so she said blanket ban for children use of mobile phones in schools. This is so funny, isn't it? One minute, everyone's calling for it. Next minute, it happens. Everyone suddenly goes a bit po-faced and starts going, we already do it. No, you don't. Every child on this planet is messaging everyone else in the middle of lessons. I can tell you that for sure. So I think, I think this has got to be good. I, I don't understand. It was on the radio over the weekend. Ban phones in classrooms. Absolutely. Ban phones in schools at the gate at the beginning. Absolutely. You're going to have a bit of a cold turkey moment where they're all going batshit crazy. But once you get over that, what do you think? I think so. I mean, all this idea that you need it for emergencies and all that kind of stuff. What did we do in the past? I saw a meme the other day on Instagram saying, tell the kids today how bored we did get in the 1970s. And there was a picture of a finger with a uh, sort of with like a not a needle, but like a, a, a pinboard uh, needle where you try and thread it through your skin. Do you remember how we'd do that in the 70s and you'd spend hours doing that? Yeah, they can use their iPads because, yeah, that's fine because they need them for the class. Use tech. Use, use tech-appropriate tech. But phones? No. And the other thing is, there's an interesting thing here where someone, who's, I don't know who's quoted as saying this, oh, a parent somewhere says, Kids stand around like penguins because they don't have phones. Parents say their children don't know how to interact or even get the bus after a ban on devices in schools as Gillian Keegan pledges national crackdown. Um, this is the fear that if you remove their phones, they won't know how to talk to each other. Come on. Now, the weirdest thing is when you see a bunch of kids all together and they're all on their phones texting each other. Oh. So I think, yeah, ban phones in schools. That way, Lee Durant can stop checking out West Ham memes. It's a huge problem. Ban phones in offices. I think, I think restaurants that ban phones at tables. I, think, I don't mind that. Sometimes it's annoying. I don't mind that. It's like, let's have phone-free places. I think it would encourage conversation. It might actually lead to divorce. Let's not do it. Sorry, just decided. No, it's a bad idea. Put them all in class lockers all day, says Faith Goodman. I agree. I mean, yes, they're going to stand around awkwardly looking at each other. But hey, that's part of being a human bubbub, isn't it? Um, Tim Reed, thank you. West Ham, who are they? All right, Lee. I've got a crew here. Um, thanks, Tim. Okay, that's Julian Keegan. Uh, always makes me think of Kevin Keegan. Uh, banning phones in classrooms. Um, what, what have we got here? Uh, oh, right. Come on. Let's have a look at this. Uh, Donald Trump in a huge civil fraud case, uh, criminal investigation. Well, uh, what's it called? Case. Yeah, court case in, uh, in New York. He orders in takeout. What does he order in? What does he order? There he is. If he loses this case, he could have to sell all of his Trump towers and everything and never do business in New York again. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. 
might have to send to Trump Tower. But if I'm selling the Trump Tower, I'm going to be ordering myself some food. And that food I'm going to order is a giant Macky Wacky Woo. I love a Macky Wacky Woo and a filet of fish. Yep, he ordered a ginormous uh, McDonald's order for his quarter of a billion civil court case. Uh, he, and that was all for him. That was just him. Uh, but what do we think he had? What's he got in those bags? I bet he hasn't got any sort of Mexican fajita wraps or anything like that, has he? I don't want to roll. I want to roll. I don't want to rap. I can't rap. I've tried rapping. I'm not a good rapper. I've been in a rap video, but I don't rap. I'm not good. This is good. Trump Tower. I'm a big Trumpy, Trumpy, Trump, Trump. I want some, I want some McDonald's. Big Mac. Where's Ron de Sanctimonious? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's such a doo-doo. <laughs> Where is Ron de Sanctimonious? We can share some chicken McNuggets. I'm a big thing. Uh, we should call him Donald McTrump. Yeah, so uh, Donald Trump, uh, he, he, like someone says, he's, he's clever and stupid, but stupidly clever. So he's using this these cases to really electioneer. He doesn't need to do great big kind of, you know, uh, what they called? Great big kind of, you know, get together. What are they called when you have a sort of huge gathering of people? Come on, flip it out. Words, words escape me. I'm so, so down the Trump wormhole. Um, you know, when he has a, what are they called? What are they called? When he has a, he pulls all these people together. Procession? No. What's it anyway, um, when he pulls all those people together and he stands there with them all in front of him, um, you know, rally. Thank you very much. And Illing, rally, rally. He doesn't need a rally. He just needs to, he just needs to order McDonald's and just jibber, jabber, jibber, jabber outside court. Exactly. He's probably, probably has got Tex-Mex food in there, hasn't he? The fact that he can still run for president is crazy. It's a huge, both indictment and affirmation of the remarkable thing that is the American constitution. <laughs> he might be, he might be able to run for president. If he go, if he's in prison, but he can't order a McDonald's. Now maybe that's why he's taking full advantage of the services. There we go. Um, we're going to dovetail to a serious story because we didn't really touch upon this because I think this kind of uh, the, the intensity of this story was uh, pretty much around the weekend, wasn't it? Um, and this is the uh, story. Of sorry, I'm just let me just get through these two things here. Yeah, this is the story of the poor old, you know, uh, Bradley Lowry, the young boy who was um, the Sunderland mascot, uh, Bradley Lowry, who sadly died. Um, uh, he was diagnosed with um, neuroblastoma, rare type of cancer, when he was 18 months. I think he died. Was he six um, when he died? Yeah. Um, and one of the uh, Sheffield Wednesday fans held up a photograph of him in a sort of mocking, angry, just nasty fashion uh, on the on the uh, terraces of a football match. Uh, Jermaine, Jermaine Defoe has come out today. He, he said he's appalled, obviously, as, as any man and any human with a scintilla of emotion. Appalled and saddened by uh, the Sheffield Wednesday supporter who mocked the death of the Sunderland mascot. Um, the person who did it, uh, Dale Houghton, 31, taunted opposition fans 
with, uh, with an image uh, when the two teams played on Friday. He admitted a public order offence before Sheffield Magistrates yesterday, so he's going to be charged. Uh, Jermaine Defoe said this boy was one of the most inspirational children this world has ever seen, and he will never stop inspiring us. Um, it was images, images that were circulated on X, Twitter, formerly Twitter, showing two men, this chap and another one alongside him, laughing as they, as they mocked the opponent's uh, fans with, um, with this photograph. So there are two, thing, there are two things to this. Going back to something we were discussing towards the end of last week, uh, the idea of a sort of new barbarism. Is, is it a new barbarism? There's always been barbarism, let's face it. You know, you only have to look at history. But I just wanted to sort of share one thought, which kind of struck me on Friday, I think, after we'd done our chat about the tree and there was the awful, you know, the awful tragedy that we had all last week in Croydon following the appalling murder uh, on the bus. And um, yes, on the one hand, all of these things are a worrying indication of a brutalism and a brutality and a lack of sensitivity and emotional, you know, depth and a sort of disconnect uh, between, you know, behavior, attitude, damage, and, and emotional, you know, empathy, or just, just, just you know, the, the, the nuts and bolts of what it means to be a caring, thoughtful human, what elevates us slightly above, well, it's an insult to animals, actually, uh, to say that what elevates us above the status of an animal, I think we are infinitely worse than most animals, if not all animals. Um, but the thing that I think is kind of encouraging, weirdly, is the extent to which the backlash can be felt. So the outpouring of communal support, upset, pulled together from uh, certainly you know Croydon. Um, remember the same again after the Sarah Everard case. Um, you know, the, the, the care, the, the genuine upset and, and distress caused by the chopping down of the sycamore tree, because it sort of symbolized something much, much less immediately worrisome than a murder, obviously, but kind of was a sort of metaphor in a sense for, for everything. And then also this, the fact that they've been, you know, there's been such an outcry. This chap has been sort of summoned, arrested and is charged. I think, you know, it's like, yes, there's the behavior and that's absolutely reprehensible and depressing. But then, you know, we can choose to also flip around and go, you know what, actually, also, it's great the way in which there's been such a sort of positive response and kickback and pushback against this. Um, Hannah Leap shoots, why do we always see the worst of fans when it comes to football? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, hopefully the other Sheffield fans showed their feelings towards the horrible mob, says Faith Goodman. Edward Bevington, it's the extremes and all of it. Extreme left versus right. Extreme idiocy in football. These people need locking up. Exactly. I mean, there's extremities in everything, isn't there? There's extremities and always has been. I mean, Christ. And in many regards, you could argue, I mean, there's possibly an argument to say it hasn't been better than it is, but we have more and more ways of seeing it. So, for example, you know, not in the social media age. I mean, I remember as a kid being absolutely horrified. I don't know if you feel the same about this, Lee. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. The whole football thing, whole the bants, the banter, the fans. The I just remember being horrified, not by the language. I mean, I'd heard and seen infinitely worse outside of the football stadiums, but there was just an aggression that was just like, oh my god, this is so unsettling. But, you know, I'm guessing stuff, what I'm trying to say is I'm guessing stuff like that will have happened or would have been said or would have been joked about. 
images might maybe wouldn't have been able to be shown, but attitudes like that would have been there, but there wouldn't have been social media platforms for them to uh, be spread around on and, and all that kind of stuff to get me. Um, uh, I, I put HS2 in the title only because Rishi, it looks like Rishi, Rishi on a dish is going to scrap HS2 to Manchester. HS2 is like one of those things where you go, do I have to really do, do I, do I have to study history? HS2 was planned to be, make things fast and make this country really slick and to get from Birmingham to London in 42 minutes. And it's cost a fucking fortune. It's a clusterfuck of a mess. It's spiralling upwards. And just at the point where possibly it's just about could get completed, they're going to they're gonna scrap it. I think if he's going to scrap it, he has to really say, look, this is the amount we're going to save and this is what it's going to be used for. Say it like that and I think you'll be all, you, you've got some argument. But I th- I'm sure, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, if any of you are here, I'm sure anyone Manchester at the top northern end of the HS2 thing, oh, all right, okay, so you lot get it, but once again, we don't. I mean, I don't know how this is going to look anything other than preferential treatment for the South. Started in the South, doesn't finish in the North. Toy train set. The concept behind it was great. The concept and the idea behind it, I think, was really sensible, but what a mess. What an absolute mess. And all of this, really, to be able to get from, um, I think, from Manchester or Birmingham to London, uh, what, in an hour, an hour quicker? Yeah. Ellie Denning, going back to the uh, terraces, football. The domestic abuse after involving after football involving drink and if a team has lost, it scares me and constant walking on eggshells. It, it's, yeah, I, I've, yeah, domestic abuse charities talk about that a lot, actually. Yeah. Keely Wendell, I don't understand why it's been so hard. It's a shit show. It's a shit show. Anyway, it's one of those things that when it comes up, everyone in class kind of goes, oh, God, do we have to? And I just thought, well, you know, we can't not mention it. I think he's going to say that it's not, it's not going to be completed north of here. Oh, God, I don't know. What an absolute load of nonsense. Now, finally, I was going to talk about, well, I was going to talk about road rage. Anyone here experienced being the victim of extreme road rage? I've talked before. We've had guns pulled on us. We've had knives pulled on us. We've had people smash windows. We've had people almost look like they're going to have a car heart attack because they can't actually come to terms with the fact that they're driving a car. But look at this. This this happened. Look at this case here. This chap. With a cricket bat. Oh, so you don't want to ever get out of your car and like look. That's a nice looking cricket bat as well. It's linseed oiled and everything. So you know that that is a that's not someone who's got it as a weapon. He's a cricketer. He must have just thought, oh yeah, I can use my cricket bat for that. Yeah, no, it's a proper cricket bat. I remember once, many years ago, being cross, being nearly run over by someone. And then because I gave him the finger, again, it's just, you can't do anything. I gave him the finger. This was in, I can remember the road, Queenstown Road, cross, having crossed Wandsworth Bridge. He pulled his car up in front in, in, under the arches, opened his boot and pulled out a baseball bat and started walking towards me. And I was like, fucking hell, all right, mate, you can run me over anytime you fancy. Um, he, he did get back in the car. I think he realized that he'd be done, done for murder. He pulled up and ranted at me because he came up behind me at 120 miles an hour. I'd never been so close to punching one. It's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Now, final story. I want to know what, how this makes you feel. A mum shamed for her mobile phone usage. Now, I got a bit confused by this clip, and I'm going to play you this clip. This clip is a chap who, um, uh, who was in the park. He, uh, childless. Um, and he went online and shared a video describing um, how he saw a mum in the playground uh, ignoring her child. So there's 
different things here to think about. There's the mum going to a playground, being on a phone, child asking to talk to her or asking her to look at it and her saying, in a minute, in a minute, in a minute. So there's that, being a parent, going to a playground and, and ignoring your kids and being on the phone. Uh, but then there's also the idea that this guy, uh, uh, you know, guy without kids, uh, decides to go online and talk about it. So in this clip that I'm going to show you, which is really confusing, because at first I thought, oh, he's telling us this with his wife in front of him, in front of a computer. The woman's face in the foreground is someone who subsequently takes, you know, takes umbrage uh, and um, is, 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 is not happy about what this guy's saying. So let me, let, let me see what you think. One parent, a mother and a child at this park, beautiful Saturday morning, right? The kid is just playing quietly, not being annoying. I don't hear a peep from him, just doing his thing on the playground, right? It's like a minute of me walking. I don't hear the kid yelling. I don't hear the kid being annoying. I don't hear the kid doing nothing. The mom, the entire time, is on her phone, staring right down at her screen. Doesn't look up one time, right? I walk right by, doesn't even notice. Do you think you know where this is going? If your bingo card has white childless man shames mom at park, you got it right. Slide, and I hear, watch this. Hey mom, watch, watch mom. And at the top of her lungs, shrieking like a velociraptor, this mother screams one second. And I mean screams, stops me in my tracks. I look over like, what the? kids terrified you can see the white of his eyes just sitting at the top of the thing like what did i do wrong because he wasn't doing anything wrong and then mom never looks up if you have never been a parent or um specifically a default parent okay so before we go into her kind of you know, obviously she pulls down what he's she's pulling down what he says <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at your comments. So let's pull them up. Helen B, why is he in the park alone? Well, he says he's walking through the park. Um, Trina Cotton, it shouldn't be okay for him to be on his own in a park. Doesn't mean he's, you know, uh, oh, it should be okay for him to be on his own. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, should be walking through a park. But, but what he does say by his own admission was it was one minute. He was walking through the park. And he seems to have taken in and read the situation in, in, a, in a ludicrous amount of detail for saying he was only there for a minute. Um, so he, what the hell, who does he think he is? Um, Keely, let's have a look. Um, let me have a look. Oh, Edward Bevington, backward baseball's cap tells you everything. Um, Ellie Denning, Denning, what a knob, what a knob, have a day off, lad. <laughs> um, Rachel Greenwood clearly hasn't got anything better to do. Can't really judge. Ah, oh, now this is it. This is a Sean, Sean, Sean Kelleher. Can't really judge a person based on a few minutes of interaction. Now, there's a question to be asked about, you know, taking your kids to the playground and using it as an opportunity to just go on your phone all the time. Now, I would even argue that, OK, yeah, it might be preferable if you interact and play with your kid. You don't know whether for the, for the 30 minutes before you've passed the park, she's actually played with the child massively. The fact that she's taken him to the to the playground at all is uh, clearly a step up from, I presume, a lot of kids just being left in front of a telly or left in front of a device or something like that. Um, you know, so you can't judge on one minute. I remember years ago, I mean, you know, when the kids were that much younger, obviously we had phones, they weren't smartphones in the same way. And I would feel guilty if I had to kind of text a couple of things off 
and then and then look up. But if you've been caught for that moment on your phone, it's easy to get the optics on an uncaring parent in a playground. If they look down for one minute, does that mean you can't literally for a nanosecond turn your face away from your child? Um, and, and, and actually, if you haven't got devices and if you are on a phone and if you have taken your child to the playground, perhaps you're taking them there precisely because you spent the rest of the day actually entertaining that child in every other conceivable way possible and you haven't been able to have a break. I mean, I'm feeling this and I'm, I'm not a mum. Stacy 269 I know a few send parents where the park is the only place to get five free minutes to get back to emails and arrange appointments. Absolutely. Jessica Dobbs, this says more about him than the mum and child could be based on his relationship with his parents, perhaps. Good point, good point. I'm wondering, Kelly Taberner TLC, whether he doesn't get the attention from his parents that he needs. And so he has interpreted it this way. Oh, good point. Um, Ellen, absolutely. She's possibly taken him to the park for a few minutes peace. Uh, Ellie Dang, exactly. The judgment, awful. You have no idea what happened the rest of that day and it has nothing to do with him anyways. Um, so apparently his, his post got pulled down um, and then he reposted the story. Um, but it is one of those things, isn't it? It's really important. You know, he de- Melissa Wallington, it's important. He, uh, what's it, you say? he definitely needs to stop judging others. Absolutely. It's that thing of homing in on a second. Like you see, a, it's like even like with social media. You know, you see 30 minutes or a slice of a day and then you extrapolate all of your decisions and opinions and ideas of that person based just on what you've seen. And that's just it's not life, is it? It's just not life. Michelle Hofstein. Oh, uh, I uh, sorry. I am with him. All parents spend too much time on phones. Agree. And I think that's a dip. I think that's not is that not a different topic? I think the idea of sort of spotting someone for a minute when you don't know if they've been in the park for an hour, checking their phone. What if she was on the phone and her mother, who is housebound, there's an emergency of some form? See what I mean? It's the optics. I'm always reminded, I use it a lot when we talk about headlines and what have you, the the Observer advert in the 70s or 80s, skinhead running down street towards an old woman. You watch it from one angle. You think, oh, he's going to mug her. And then they pull the camera around to another angle and actually there's falling scaffolding and he's rescuing her. So you just never know. You never know. You never know what the full story is. So better to not, you know, stand in judgment. So there we go. All right, guys. Well, look, have a lovely day. There is a, I think there's a Green Hell landing later today. Um, there's all sorts of other stuff coming this week too. Um, have a lovely day. I hope it's nice where you are. It's very nice here. I'm off to a meeting and uh, see you